now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. It's a Wednesday. This is the Redbird Report, our podcast. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is BT Brad Thompson. The Cardinals lose last night by the final of 16 to 5. All right, BT. Wolf. Wolf is right. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Coming off the heels of what you saw of the weekend with the Yankees, I look at this as a trap series. I said that to you on and off the air. Uh, the fact is the, the Rockies are not a good team. Not bad, though, at home. And we saw that last night, man. They were pounding the baseball everywhere. Michaelis wasn't good. And you know what? If you're going to have a clunker like that, have one of them and get it out of your system. That is the key. Look, I, I don't look at this as the Cardinals fell into a trap. There was nobody that walked into this game and wasn't ready for it and just felt like they got it all figured out because they swept the Yankees. You hit the nail on the head. Miles had an awful game. I mean, Miles ends up going two and two-thirds, 14 hits, and 10 runs like that is a bad bad day at the office right there and to make it even worse he got hit with a line drive right above his glove uh and I'm sure that's going to be a little bit sore over the week but you just uh, it was a nine run third inning and you were pretty much done from there so get it over with like this is a, a ball club don't ever let them think that they can beat you in a series. Like, that's the biggest key is you, you got to bounce right back. And in game two today, you got Quintana on the mound in his second outing. Like, I, I think that you, you're able to flush that one a lot easier when you've played such good baseball. I, I, uh, I'm going to look at a few positives from last night. One of those would be uh, Paul DeYoung. Yes. He, he continues to hit the baseball. And let's face it, I mean, Paul DeYoung is not going to win a batting title. That That's not the point. Not the, with that attitude. The point is, watch yourself there, sir. The point is, is that you want to see him do damage. That's why he's there. And so since he's come back, there's one other player in that time frame that has more extra base hits than Paul DeYoung. So he's doing exactly what you were hoping he might do, which is supply some damage. And he's starting to do that. He is. So seven hits, to your point, since he's been back, four home runs, three doubles. Like, that's exactly what he's providing it and remember this isn't Paul DeYoung of last year where opening day they had him batting fourth against the Reds this is depth in your lineup sitting seventh for you for the most part now could he move up yeah certainly he could move up but this is about one through nine having guys that you believe can get something done. And Paul DeYoung is a big part of that. And, look, Nolan Arenado talked about having him back. It felt like, like, here's our shortstop. That's not a knock at Tommy Edmond, who played really good shortstop. But then you say, well, there's our second baseman. And all of a sudden, you feel like you got the band back together. So uh, he has been good. And I, I feel like, even though he ended up only going one for five in this game, I thought that Gorman driving the ball the other way, we're seeing more and more of that from Nolan Gorman. And Tyler O'Neill had nothing. Yeah, yep. He had nothing to show for it, Dan. But what did you see from him today in his 0 for 4? Going the other way, hitting the ball hard, twice up the middle, lines out. The other time to right field, lines out. When you see him going middle or the other way with authority, usually that's a precursor for him to start to hit the ball over the fence. Um, so, I, I, you know, I... I was on with BK and, and Alex yesterday, and one of the things they said is Tyler O'Neill ready to turn the corner. 
And I said, well, there's about five different times I felt like I've said that this year. Yeah. And the best series I thought he had was in Boston. I thought, man, that's the guy. He's starting to take the ball the other way. You're starting to see him turn on an inside pitch, do damage with it, be able to spray the ball with authority. And so when I see what he did last night, that to me is maybe, just maybe a precursor to seeing him you know, become the dominant force that you expect him to be in that lineup. It can't be just two guys. can't be just Arenado. can't be just Goldie. You're going to have to have another, if not two, step up. And so that's the way I look at it with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think that we might have actually seen him in his last at-bat, I think. I don't even know if it was frustration or he just kind of got out of his swing a little bit. But the last one, he pulled off, and it was a lazier fly ball into right center, still going the other way. But I think that he was trying to jump a pitch. And that'll happen sometimes when you're just not getting the results. You want to make something happen. But you're, you're right that they need him. And look, another guy, and we talked about this on the broadcast last night, another guy that could see himself bounce around this lineup is Lars Nupar. Lars Nupar is getting on base, and he's figuring out different ways to get it done. Had the double off the wall a couple of feet away from being a home run. I really feel like he's a versatile piece that Ollie could bounce around this lineup if he wanted to. Uh, what did you see from Michaelis? Is it, was it just one of those games where you go, you know what, over the course of 162, guy's going to make 25 to 30 starts, and you're going to have a clunker in there. It just happened to be last night with Miles at, at Coors Field. Or did you see something that caught your attention? You go, ooh, we got to watch out for that. Drop in velocity, pitches were up, whatever. What did you, what did you see? Well, I, I do think that uh, while he did hit 96, his velocity was down a little bit, but it's not something I'm worried about. You never saw him. Like, I, I was watching him walk around the mound, and there was never any shaking of the arm or anything like that, so I'm not, not concerned about that. But it did come down to location being missed a lot, and uh, Miles Michaelis is a guy that he does not rely on swing and miss. That's not his game. He relies on a lot of weak contact, and actually got some weak contact in this game. Unfortunately for him, it was either a ground ball through the hole or an infield single or a little dumper that would just find its way into the outfield. Death by a thousand cuts. It really was. It, yeah. it really was. But that's not to say that he just had bad luck. There were also a lot of bad pitches there. And we talked about this coming into the game last night that you really have to focus when you're playing in Colorado. You have to focus on down in the zone. And you really have to work on your first, so we talked about this the other day, like your first couple of warm-up pitches, like really have to get them down in the zone. I, I, I liked what you said about that. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. And I thought we saw a lot of misses from miles up, and we saw the Rockies hitters, to their credit, who overall are not a great ball club. They are good at home, and I think that they take advantage of that. I think they look for anything up, especially early in the ball game, and they jumped on it, and that, that you know ended up being the nine-run third inning that was uh, the big blow for Miles Michaelis, but there's nothing alarming about what happened. He has been good. You're going to have a clunker, and I'm sure he's going to be happy to get out of Denver. Quintana goes tonight. Uh, I loved what I saw out of him. I loved what I saw out of Montgomery in their first two starts. A couple of guys that give you five or five plus in Cantana's case and uh, not only keep you in the game but do it in dominating fashion as I was talking with Ollie yesterday and we were talking about the differences between the two he said well the one thing you got to remember about Quintana is that he's a pro he's been around for a long time and for Montgomery it's the first time you're traded away and there's a lot of emotions that go with that you know Quintana has bounced around he's been a free agent he's been the centerpiece he's been a number one he's done all the things that you you think about in the game of baseball so I loved what I saw what he did against the Cubs I think you get energized by being in a pennant race no doubt about it and uh, I'm looking forward to see what he brings tomorrow yeah, I am too one of the things I should say 
uh, one of the things that really stood out to me with him is his the the fact that he is a fast worker. And he's just pumping strikes, and he's just going right after the opposition. We talked about this uh, every inning as the Cardinals made their third out. He would be top step ready to go. Like I he's love running that. out there on the mound, and he's working fast. And you're absolutely right with being energized. I mean, think about this: the reason that he ended up signing with the Pirates was so he could get traded to a team like the Cardinals. He was trying to reestablish his value yet again. He had a team in the Pirates that gave him an opportunity to do so, and he was putting up good numbers. He had a three and a half ERA with the Pirates, a team that does not play good defense behind you. Quintana is not the guy that strikes out twelve a game, although he did punch out seven in his first game. Uh, with the Cardinals in six innings, but uh, I think that he's going to be a really good fit with this ball club and just the way that he approaches it. It's like workmanlike uh, approach, very stoic on the mound. Again, the fast worker that's going to keep the defense on the toes. So, hey, it's going to be a challenge for him, just like it was a challenge for Miles Michaelis to keep the ball down to mix it up against the, this Rockies team in, in Denver, but I think he's up for it, and I, I feel very strongly that the Cardinals even up this series and get a chance to win it the next day. Okay, as we get ready for tonight... I'm going to bring up something that a lot of people ask me about, especially when things go south or if stuff is not going right. I always hear people like, well, Nolan's going to opt out. Nolan Arenado is going to opt out. I'm here to tell you, I, I, I would bet the ranch that he does not opt out. I think he loves being in St. Louis. He loves Bush Stadium. He loves being around Paul Goldschmidt. He addressed that with the media uh, assembled last night before the game, before the first pitch, the Denver media and those from St. Louis. Uh, I just think he's the perfect fit. So I, I bring it up just because I think we get asked about it and people wonder about it. Um, he wants a chance to win. Cardinals are going to give him a chance to win. Wants to be in a place that's competitive. Wants to be in a place that loves baseball. He's got all that, and he's got his deal. So I, I just don't think that he's a guy that opts out. I really don't. Uh, I don't either. And, Dan, I don't have a ranch to bet like, I don't either. like you do. No, I, it's, it's actually a figure of speech. No, I think that you have a ranch. I don't. I really don't. I wish I did. And if I was making BT money, because I don't have green seats either, and you have eight of those, plus you get the place across the street and the private jet. You're really causing problems with the green seats. You really I have, that, and right? I love it. Uh, we did talk about this on the broadcast, but I had Jordan Hicks ask me why my green seats weren't <laughs> being used. What did you say to him when, you, when he comes up to you? And- I had to like ask him, like, what? Like, I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. He's like... Your your green seats. I saw like a picture, and he was le- legitimately he was, oh, yeah, he was, like serious. Like why were why was nobody sitting there against the Yankees? This thing is sold out. Like dude, I don't I don't have those. Like that's that's just a and people really believe you have yes. eight green seats. Well, I wonder why, Dan. You keep spreading these lies on it's a nightly Jim Hayes, basis. Not me. It's a uh, you're the dynamic duo. You two. I mean, you're just. Why don't you just lay off? Okay, eight. and just accept it that you have them eight green seats. And if anybody's listening to this, go ahead and go uh, to Twitter and ask Brad for those green seats because he is willing to donate them to anybody. I'm going to tell you this right now. You're not going to get them, okay? You're not going to because I don't have them. Like, I would love to be Has able to provide green brought seats. up your green seats? Uh, yeah, yeah, they've brought it up too. And what do they say? They say, hey, can we get them green seats? <laughs> I don't have the green seats. So, anyways, uh, yeah, thanks for that. No really problem. appreciate that. What about across the street, though? You do have the penthouse. Yeah, but right that's next only, to the pool. I don't even use that very often. So you're admitting that you have a penthouse. No, I don't have a penthouse either. Why That'd would you have a penthouse? You're a happily married man. You don't need that stuff. Well, it's a long drive home. You know, a whole 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> 
circling this back, uh, I would bet the I'd bet the penthouse uh, <laughs> that Nolan Arenado is not going to opt out. He's you understand not going why I bring it up? Though. Yeah, of course, of course I do because fans talk about that. And, yeah. and look, I, I I understand the narrative. I understand the contract and how it works and what he can do. And I also understand the season that he's having. And he would probably have a very good market if, in fact, he wanted to go anywhere. He loves it here. He loves it here. He loves playing on a team that he knows day in and day out that they're going to grind it out and you're going to go chase a championship. And that's what the Cardinals have. It's a you might say like, oh, well, the Dodgers would give him a better chance or the Mets or whoever would give him a better chance. Realize like where he came from and what he's coming to and the history that he came you know, from with the Rockies who like nothing disparaging about the Rockies, very good fan base, uh, but they've had their ups and downs and certainly going through a down right now. Like he's coming to a place with consistency and an expectation. And I think he loves it. What are the Rockies doing I'm really curious. I mean, you let Arenado go, you sign Bryant for seven years. He's played in a total of 42 games this season. And we were talking about it last night. And then you uh, have extensions for McMahon, I think, was six years. Freeland got the starter tonight, got an extension. Uh, you extended your closer, which I know that, that irritates you. you. That really has bothered you. Well, it's, it's not even that it bothers Just me. Just admit like, it. I'm happy. Just admit it. I'm happy for Bard. Like, I think that's really good. That This is a guy that was out of baseball, reestablished his value, and turned himself into one of the most sought-after well, closers. In it. tra- it's so stupid. Why would you <laughs> sign him to a two-year deal? If you wanted to sign him to a two-year deal, you talk to him and say, hey, look what we're going to do for you, Daniel. We're going to trade you to a contender. Get You're some pieces. Have- Yes, you're going to go have a chance to win a championship, and we're going to offer you a two-year deal right after the season. Right. You in? And he'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. Probably. Uh, I I don't know him at all, but who wouldn't want to go chase a championship? For sure. So that that's something. You look at the Rockies and you ask the question, like, what are they doing? I'm not sure they know. They're the only team in Major League Baseball that didn't make a trade at the trade that. deadline. Bard was going to be their biggest piece, and I realize that there are some other pieces that maybe you wouldn't get the the value out so of. So what? Maybe you clear payroll. Maybe Correct. you find a fit for somebody Correct. that clears that payroll. Sometimes you have to have churn. Right. You have to have – you can't just continue to bring back the same stuff and expect for different losses. Results. It's not great. No. no it's in a division, too, like, you're not going to be the Dodgers. You're not going to spend up to what the Giants spend. The Padres have gone out and, and have gone all in. Like, you're in a very tough situation here in, in the NL West, but you, but you have to be able to figure out something. You, you have to have some sort of direction. I appreciate loyalty, and I know that their owner is loyal, uh, that their new GM is a former scout. Like, he, you know, he signed a bunch of these guys, like, so he's going to be loyal to, to the group. But... I don't know what the plan is. Chris Bryant never felt like a fit there anyhow. No. And I know, like, uh, Chris is going to say all the right things. He ends up signing with them, and he said, hey, this isn't about the money. It's a baseball decision. I like the direction. It's absolutely about the money. Yeah. He could buy a bunch of farms now. He could buy a bunch of penthouses. He could bet all these things if he wants to. Green seats. Of course he could buy green seats. But it's probably in his contract. It actually actually is. Those would be just suites. Yes, in his contract. Right. Really, really. But uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what direction they're going in. I do know that the misfortunes that they've had over there have been one of the best things for the Cardinal franchise. As you get Nolan Arenado for Austin Gomber, for uh, Montero, and three other guys that are that are you know still lower A right. ball. Um, so it, it and the money out. that's involved. What that fifty million dollars that they threw it's the other way? It really yeah. is. It really is. So it's worked out well for the Cardinals. I don't know what direction the Rockies are going in. I just know this circling back again to Nolan and his future. 
I would be absolutely shocked if he decided to walk away from this. Two games in this series, uh, one tonight and then the uh, day game tomorrow. So let's wrap it up. Cardinals, what do they do in these final two games? You got Quintana and then you got Dakota Hudson. I, I think it's a big, big start for Dakota on that day game. Yeah, we talked about it the other day. It, it feels like one, be, especially when you have Andre Palante that is waiting right there. Yeah. Palante got put in the bullpen, and rightfully so, because you went out there and you signed two different starters, Quintana and Montgomery, uh, traded for two guys, as we were talking about, and uh, you solidified your bullpen in the meantime. But all Palante did was come in after Dakota and gave you four strong innings, gave Gave you an opportunity to win the ball game and I really do think that this start for Dakota Hudson is going to be one that he either stays in the rotation or he's out of it like I think that that's kind of where interesting uh, yeah. where, where they're at with him so I, I fully expect the Cardinals to bounce back today with Quintana they even up the series and I believe they figure out a way to win it whether it's Dakota Hudson digging deep working faster executing pitches which again on a, uh, in a place where the ball doesn't move a lot and a sinker baller he's really going to have to focus on being down and really have to focus on his starting point of his slider and changing that a little bit and he'll have to make adjustments along the way it won't be easy for him but maybe it's your bats that come alive and you end up scoring a bunch of runs can absolutely happen in this ballpark as we saw yesterday so I expect them to even up the series and then the hope is you get the Brewers come to town continue to gain ground on them remember they the, you know the Brewers won yesterday so the Cardinals with a one game lead in the division You've got a great opportunity right here in front of you. Hey, buddy, thanks for doing it, and uh, let's catch up again this week. Let's win a series. Let's win a series. That's BT. I'm Danny Mack. This is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the Cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.